Simple. I cannot put anything into a closed fist. But when I open it, hmm, there's space to put something into. And this is your opportunity. And it's the door to more staring at you right in front of your face right now. Everyone you meet every single day is fighting a battle you may know nothing about. We're all in the process of overcoming. I'm Justin Wren, and my story has been heard by millions of people through my book, my TED Talk, podcast interviews, TV shows, professional fighting, and my foundation, Fight for the Forgotten. I believe we are all overcomers if we choose to overcome. We all have the option. I've been given the opportunity to overcome childhood trauma, sexual abuse, immense bullying, depression, suicidal ideation, substance use disorder, and I am a two-time suicide survivor. We are here to have conversations with some of the greatest minds of our time. Get ready to be inspired and to receive the tools and game plan to win this fight called life. Thank you for being here, for showing up for yourself. You, me, we have overcome 100% of our darkest days. I'm not done yet, and neither are you. This is your invitation to overcome. Garen Jones, I'm pumped you're here. Justin Wren, I'm yes. so glad to be here. We made it. <laughs> we made it. We made it. I've been wanting to do this for a long time. I think you're such an incredibly special person, mm. an incredibly special individual. Uh, anytime I'm around you, I leave more full, mm. like feel more connected to you and really everyone around you because you're just this, it's not just charismatic, like it's charisma for a purpose, like a mm. deep meaning. And you invite people into that with you. And it's, it's, pretty unique to you. I mean, I think it's a ripple effect. The people around you start doing the same thing, mm. but I am just fired up. You're here. Thank you for being on overcome. And, uh, I hear you have a surprise. I do have a surprise, but I'm not going to just bypass that epic intro. You just <laughs> okay, gave. Okay. I'm taking awesome. time to receive, Take and that. Anytime, receive it. Anytime I go like this, that means I'm scooping all oh, of it. Into my heart. I love that. If they're just on YouTube or uh, Spotify, Apple, they might want to go watch us on YouTube. Yeah. See the scooping. But thank you so yeah. much for that, um, for seeing me. Yeah. I really, really appreciate that. And one thing I always say is if you spot it, you got it. <laughs> but I wanted well, to share something for you. But yeah. I want to let you know that it's not for you. It's okay. for you to experience the essence of my childlike joy. I'm a huge sports card fan. Okay. Huge. And it's in I your sport. I grew up collecting it's, sports cards. And, yeah. And then I got too. to have a tops card twice, I think, uh, in fighting and um, the UFC for the Ultimate Fighter and then my UFC debut. Yeah. And uh, so I'm excited to see this. So yeah, I have a UFC card and and it's a one of one autograph and there's only one in the world. Awesome. I literally own the market. Someone <laughs> has offered me $200,000 for what? this card and I turned it down. Wow. Two two different people, 225 and 215, and I turn it down. Wow. Because I'm the only one with it. And I was yeah. like, I've always wanted to be the person to pull the bet. I pulled this from a $950 uh, box. Wow. So I'm going to show it okay, to you Okay, I want to see this. Yeah, Epic. one of a kind. I'm pumped. He's just carrying around So I have a black <laughs> prism, one of one. Whoa, Khabib. Khabib Nurmagomedov. Wow. Autograph. Dude, I just got chills. Yeah. This guy is... One of, if not the greatest of all times. And literally, I'm- Retired, undefeated. I, I pulled that. And I wasn't even going to buy that box. Wow. A friend of mine, Aaron, who's like, oh man, I got a couple of UFC boxes in for you because you wanted them 
four months ago. And I was like, nah, I just bought a house. I'm good. And something said, you know, Garen, just get the box. You love the UFC. You love sports cards. And I got it. Wow. First box I opened up, second pack. And I was like, do not tell me that this is the marquee card of the entire set. Yeah. And it was. It was. Yeah. It is. I mean, uh, so I wrestled where Khabib is from in Dagestan. Oh, and, wow. Uh, Dagestan. And they're, they are unique warriors. They grow up from basically like in diapers to wrestle bears. No joke. That's how he grew up. Yeah. Um, his dad's one of the greatest of all times coaching wrestling, Sambo. He grew up doing judo. I mean, they they collect their water up and down mountains. Wow. Uh, in in incredible heat, but also snow because they're at high altitude. Um, and these guys literally from from the earliest ages are, are warriors. They're doing yeah. kickboxing, boxing, jujitsu, wrestling, judo, sambo. It's everything. I think I think literally in wrestling, there's like seven Olympic weight classes in this town of like three hundred thousand people. Wow. In all of Russia, right? They'll put five or six of the seven Olympic weight classes from one of the best teams in the world that are always competing for the best team on planet Earth. Mm. Like they all come from this town. Wow. I mean, it's insane. And he's so good. He's so good. This is incredible. Yeah. You know why? So I, many people, so many people, they're like, yo, man, just my investor friends, they're just like, man, I just, I'll give you 150,000. I give wow. you 175. I'm like, nah, I'm good. Wow. I'm the only person in, the, in world. the world with that card. It is a one of one. Wow. Well, uh, the, another reason this is special for me is, yeah. I need to look at it. it. Yeah, hold it. You too, Chris. And uh, <laughs> so Khabib fought in Abu Dhabi against Dustin Poirier. Yeah. And in that fight, Dustin chose Fight for the Forgotten to raise funds for, for us. He shouted, he shouted you guys, he yeah. shouted you out. When I heard yeah. your name, shout out to Justin, Justin Rin. I was like, oh, oh. <laughs> I'm yelling. Oh, that's awesome. I'm like so yelling. I didn't yeah. tell you this, but I was like, I love to see my friends get highlighted in the way that they should be highlighted. So whenever wow. I hear it, yeah. I turn into five-year-old little Garen, just be like, yeah. that's my friend right there. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, I love this. And so in that fight, Khabib and Dustin, they exchanged shirts uh, and, and fight-worn gear. Yeah. And they put it up for auction for Fight for the Forgotten. Oh, nice. And we raised something like $185,000 wow. through the Good Fight Foundation, Dustin Poirier, and Khabib, his, his shirt- uh, after he beat Dustin, um, which was an awesome fight, uh, Dustin almost caught Khabib in a, a guillotine choke, which oh, was I the saw first that. time. Yeah, I was like, first time he's been threatened of, by an actual submission. Yeah, and uh, he raised either fifty thousand or hundred thousand for uh, his shirt. Yeah, and then uh, Dana White matched it, and we were able to not just drill the wells, but buy new land uh, to move the Batwa Pygmy people on in Uganda. And now, because of that purchase. We were able to build uh, 32 homes, and now we're going to do a health center, an actual maternity ward, a pediatrics unit, wow. um, and Khabib was part of this. So this, wow. this card's really special. Um, thank you so much. Oh, you're we, so we, welcome. We, we, can, we can wrestle for it. No, I'm just kidding. That is awesome, man. That's thank epic. You. Yeah. Thank you for showing it's, me that. Uh, you know, it's one what of those- What an intro. Yeah, it's one of those things, man. If you didn't, If you didn't grow up, and when I tell you I'm diehard UFC, 
my brother forced me. Like when I tell you, he was like, Garen, come in here and watch this. And I'm like, it's not WrestleMania. And he was forced me one, two, three, and had every, he was the most diehard fan I've ever, 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 ever came across in my life since number one. Wow. So following that and following the journey and just being a part of the culture since it like first started, it was really cool because when I was younger, I never had money to buy boxes of cards, yeah. especially not no $950 box. Yeah. I couldn't even afford packs. So I was one of those poor kids. So now to be in a position so that I can invest in three boxes easily without a glitch and then pull the, the, the depth <laughs> of a card I've always wanted. I wanted to be the person to pull V card. Yeah. And I did that a few months ago. And I was yeah. just like, you know what? I don't want to sell this. I feel good being the only person with this card. <laughs> That's epic. Yeah. I think that, uh, so one thing that would make that card really special is I believe Khabib's last fight was probably 2021 or 2020. And they were talking about him still making a comeback, but his father died mm. and his father was always in his corner. Yeah. And, I think so many people want him to fight Connor again or all these other guys. And I think it's really an honorable thing that he gets to, most fighters don't get this opportunity to retire at the top. Yeah. After they did it all, you know, they normally go out on a I've losing streak. I've never seen that. Yeah. And I mean, him and uh, a coach of mine, Rafael Lovato Jr. in Bellator, he was able to retire undefeated as the champion, but it's only happened like, that might be the two times. Wow. And, uh, but for him to do it at the, in the UFC and then also to honor his father's legacy of like, you know, and I think it comes down to a lot where, I mean, looking at it from a fighter's perspective, his dad was always there for him mm -hmm. in victory. But if he did lose, which he probably wouldn't have, but if he did, his dad wouldn't be there mm -hmm. as the guy that coached him from like childhood. Yeah. And so it's like honoring his father's legacy by wow. retiring undefeated. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and now he's doing that for so many guys, yeah. helping them come up, and him being yep. one of the best coaches there could ever be already. And, I think uh, he's like ten and zero as a coach or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I think he might have lost one, um, but he in Bellator and in UFC, he's just doing phenomenal. His yeah. record is just it's it speaks for itself. I mean, the mindset that that dude has. Let's 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 talk about mindset for you because I know yeah. you've had a. I want to really dig in on your story okay. and this podcast overcome, overcome with Justin Rim. But it's it's uh, we really say that that we've overcome 100 percent of our darkest days. Yeah, and um, you know, in life's challenges, you have to rise up, overcome, and you've done that in such an incredible over way. and over and oh, I, <laughs> man, it's like overcome like a thousand times. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, let's set up your story a little bit from the early days, but I know that, that you got, as it progresses, you got a lot quick. Yeah. And then you might've lost it all. Yeah. And you've had to recover from that, overcome. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And there's been so many things happening in your life, even recently. So yeah. I just want to give you the floor, man. Okay, yeah. cool. So uh, I'll just start with my story. I never, I never knew that there was uh, power and vulnerability. Mm. I always thought that was weakness and Me too. sharing people, sharing with people who I really am. So I would create a mask mm. 
Mm-hmm. I'm going to show you this because I want you to see this in this way because I want you to think this way about me. Mm-hmm. And there was a point, and it's funny because it was a song by Rihanna called uh, Out Here Living a Lie. And I kept hearing that song and then I was like, you know what? I'm actually, you know what? Nobody in my life knows the real me. Mm-hmm. And I remember saying that. Meanwhile, people are, uh, you know, out in public, they're saying, oh man, I'm just trying to be like you. I'm trying to be, and I'm playing the role. Meanwhile, I'm dying inside. I'm lying to myself. They don't know I'm living in my car. They don't know I'm $200,000 in debt. They don't know I try to kill myself twice. Mm. They just see this smiley person. This is why I don't know. I'll never put it past anybody when they, when I'm like, oh, how's everything going? Oh, I'm good. Yeah, right. I used to be good. Now I freaking try to take my life. Yeah. With a big, believable smile. Mm. So if I if I can do it, man, I can't imagine what everybody else is going through. So I don't I don't buy people's smile. I have these in-depth conversations. I can tell within two minutes if you're good or not. Yeah. So for me, my story. Do you think, real quick on that, yeah. knowing if someone's good within two minutes of talking to them, yeah. do you do you think that's because you've been there? 100%. Hundred percent. You can connect and know. Okay, yeah. I, I I see through this. Yeah, um, and it's okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, that's why I said when you gave me that acknowledgement in the beginning. If you're, the, you cannot be able. You will not resonate with something that's not inside of you. That's why mm. I say if you spot it, you got it. Yeah. So I can see you within two minutes because I know variations of me. Mm. And so, so for me, I always see past the smoke screen and I hold space for it. And I have all the patience in the world because that's what somebody was for me. Mm. But I didn't know the power of my story. And I remember uh, I would tell people, oh, yeah, I'm a personal trainer and I do this thing and I do that thing. And I remember people and girls in particular, they were like, I feel like you're just trying to hide something. Mm. They're like, do you like men? Do you like, <laughs> they would just ask these random questions yeah. that because they knew I was trying to hide something. And I was just like, well, I don't want to tell you who I really am, because if you know who I really am, you might not like me at all. Mm. And then one day I heard that out here living a lie, a song, because I had an ex-girlfriend at the time. That was her favorite song. So she kept playing it over. <laughs> we out here living a lie. We out, And I would hear it. I'm like, damn, I'm out here living a lie. <laughs> and uh, my spiritual advisor, Monica Zanz, she had done an exercise with me. She told me to uh, write a letter from my big self to my little self, mm. apologizing for leaving little Garrett because I abandoned who I was when I was a little kid because nobody liked me. I got picked on. I didn't start puberty till I was 18. No girls liked me. There was lots of trauma, a lot of childhood domesticated trauma. And I abandoned that to go to law. When I left to Los Angeles, I changed my name. Like I went by my middle name, which is Stefan and I abandoned Garen. So she told me to write a letter from my big self, Stefan, to my little self, little Garen, mm. and apologize for leaving him and apologize. And I didn't know what was going to come out. So I wrote this letter saying all this stuff. And then once you're done with that letter, switch to your non-dominant hand. You know, when you write with your non-dominant hand, it activates your child brain. Mm. That's why when you write, it literally looks like a little kid. And I did that. 
And she said, write a letter from little Garen to big Stefan. Mm. Instantly, as soon as I hit the pad, all these emotions, I didn't even know were there, just came up. You effing, you effing left me. And I'm literally cursing myself out, crying, snotty nose crying. And, you know, because your body's a container for for energy and frequencies. So if you got that energy, childhood energy stored in you, it's like a channel. Energy can't move past. So that can turn into you overeating, overweight, using drugs, uh, alcohol, everything, because you've got a clogged clogged channel. Mm. So when I put pen to pad and I said everything that the little kid always wanted to say, from then in that moment, I said, you know what? I will never abandon my childhood again. I said, all of you gets to be a part of me. And when that all of you got to be a part of me, I say, you know what? Nobody, not even my girlfriend at the time, knows who I am. My mom doesn't even know who I am. So I'm going to go on social media. And this was the scariest moment of my life, Justin. I'm going to go on social media. I'm going to change my name Hmm. back to the one I grew up with, Garen. Nobody knew that name except for the people I grew up with. And my title, and it's on social media right now. I said, you think you know me? You have no idea. You know this, 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 and this, and this, and this. You don't know I've cheated on every girlfriend I've ever had. You don't know this. You don't know that I'm sleeping in an abandoned building. You don't know this. You don't know I have suicidal thoughts. I've tried to kill myself. And I wrote all these different things. I let it all out. And then I said, however, five years from now, I'm going to retire my mom. I'm going to live a beautiful quality of life. I don't want you to feel sorry for me. I just want you to meet the real me. Mm. I didn't know what was going to happen because I put myself out there naked. First message I got. I mean, I had five pages of emails and Gmail. Wow. First message I got. I put the gun down when you shared your testimony. And something... There's like this vibrational energy just ran through my body. I'm like, oh my God, what's happening? All Even celebrities were reaching out. How did you do that? I'm going through the same thing. I'm like, what? What? I see you on TV. I don't even know how you know me. How'd you get my email? I don't know how it happened. But all these people were starting to reach out to me. And then the fifth email, I didn't drive my car off a bridge after I read your testimony. Wow. And in that moment, I knew what my purpose was, and that was to be the voice of the voiceless. Mm. So if I can use myself and use my power of my superhero power of vulnerability to create a safe space for people to say, you know what? If he can't, so can I? Me too. Let me Mm. share with you something I've never shared before. And so I get all the deep, dark stories, and I can hold space for it. And that's why I know when somebody's telling me if they're good or not, I'm like, yo, you can actually tell me who you really are. And it's safe with me because Mm -hmm. it would take the depth of somebody to be able to hold for that space. That's my role. And I accept it fully. Wow. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) That is a, so that's my little bit of my story in a short. (laughs) Yeah. Well, man, what do you think for anyone listening to this? how would you encourage them to take that leap whenever maybe everything inside of them is telling them 
I can't share that. I can't be seen this way. What are people going to think or what will I lose because yeah. of this X, Y, Z, if people knew this about me, yeah. I would be rejected. I would be pushed away. I would be judged. I would lose this opportunity. And they're holding on so tight to not letting go. Yeah. Well, I can tell you this, <laughs> even if you hold on tight, there's people still rejecting you. But would you rather have them reject you, re- reject you while you're being fake or being authentic? Hmm. Because if they're rejecting you while you're being fake, they're not even rejecting the real person. I would rather you look me in my face, see me for who I really am, mm. and tell me you don't want to be my friend. But if you tell the fake person you don't want to be my friend, you're not even, I don't even know who you're talking to. You're putting, you're, you're, you're talking to the projection. So for me, I don't, I do more of an example. It's like uh, people don't do what you say, they do what they see. So I mm. show often by way of example. And so when people are around me long enough, they're like, man, man, just being around you. It's kind of like what you said earlier. I was like, I feel this thing and just being Uh around. It's because I live my words by example. I never tell anybody, but I tell people through my actions. So you see how vulnerable I am, vulnerable I am. But if you keep seeing, man, the more people that I'm touching, Interesting. More of these, uh, more opportunities that I get without force. Like I don't need to try to get them. I didn't have to try to be in Forbes. I didn't have to try to be on Impact Theory, and I didn't have PR. It's like my vulnerability was PR because it was it, it created a a net for hmm. a net of safety and permission slips for people to say, you know what. I can, I can, I can, I, I can follow this guy and maybe they're not ready now, but maybe they're ready in a week mm. as long as I'm living as an example. So that's why I've chosen the lifestyle to be able to live a, a such a vulnerable lifestyle and an open book because I know the depths of the people who follow me. Mm. It may not be all the millions of followers, but, but <clears throat> the people who follow me, oh my God, the stories that I've gotten. I didn't have to tell them, but because I keep sharing, oh my, me and my wife aren't working out. Okay. We just had a breakthrough. Uh, Me and my daughter, we're not talking at the moment. My 20 year old. Okay. We just had a breakthrough and I just keep sharing it. And more people are like, man, the more and more you keep sharing, the more and more confident I get. Mm. Because see, when it's new for someone, you got to treat them as if it were a baby learning a new language. They can't learn it right away. But they can see an example over and over and over, and eventually, boom, ABCs, words, paragraphs, books, essays. So I think more of anything, it's living by example and then surrounding. It's the culture of people. That's the biggest thing. Yeah. Yeah. On it.com slash overcome. You know those times when you're so into what you're doing that you can't think about anything else? The days when you finish your work without looking up once? How do you like to feel that kind of focus every single day? Whether I'm training for or in an MMA fight, or if I'm engaged in a new philanthropy project, or sitting down in front of an epic podcast host or guest, I want to get into that flow state faster and stay engaged longer. With AlphaBrain, you can. It's clinically studied nootropic ingredients support memory, mental speed, and flow state. That feeling of being in the zone. So you can be focused and productive anytime. 
It's a world-renowned nootropic supplement with more than 1 million bottles sold. Why? Because it works. I know it works. I want you to, too. With its trademarked ingredient blends, Alpha Brain helps build an environment in which your brain can operate on all cylinders, promoting lasting mental clarity. It also helps your vision, too. You can save up to 30% when you try Alpha Brain today. Give yourself the gift of a healthier, higher-functioning brain. That's a no-brainer. Try Alpha Brain today on it.com slash overcome. Wow. I really like that. I, I think, so you reminded me of something because Amy, I went back to treatment <clears throat> for substance use disorder and relapse and it was hard. It was hard facing that. It's hard telling people like the people in this room, you, and just saying that. Well, I when you help. were like set to go back, well, when he relapsed, I was like, you got to go back. You're going to have to go back to treatment. You're going to have to figure something out. And he was like, I'm not going back. I can't go back. Cause it was just that pride, you know? Mm. I was like, it was. Yeah, I don't know what you're gonna do. You got a, a you got a good woman. I got a great woman. <laughs> you got a great woman. <laughs> yeah, I do. I do. And she she gave me these cards I took with me, and each one it was like a a quote or an affirmation or like an intention for the day. And I was the guy at treatment. I was putting those on my wall so I could read them every day, each one of them. And they just kept building, and I felt more strength coming. But one of them that really impacted me was face it all, feel it all. And magic happens. Oh, and oh, I like that, that. Yeah, that one I, I I grabbed hold of because it was something I I guess I would say I half ass faked it, uh, not faked it, but half ass faced it. Yeah, and maybe the other half was faking it. You know, I I got this now, or I did treatment one time. It was going to be one and done for me. I don't have to go back. Um, and I sought out the best coaching in the world for other aspects of my life, but not yeah. for my addiction, the biggest fight of my life. Wow. And, um, in this fight called life, you need great coaches, great surroundings, great people that can encourage you. And, and that one just face it all, feel it all. And magic happens. I don't know if you could riff on that, where the times in your life that you chose, you maybe you didn't want to face it. Maybe you didn't want to feel it. Yeah. But then when you stepped outside of your comfort zone to do that, yeah, what happened? Maybe you have a moment, a story. I mean, that's the, that's the hero's journey. Uh, that's the, that, that's the ingredients for the hero's journey and, uh, face it all, feel it, feel it all and magic happens. You know, my, um, my mom has a saying, it's, uh, do your part and God will handle the rest. And I just like, I never knew she would say it. I'm like, yeah, okay. Like, you know, the mom says that to a kid. I'm like, yeah, okay. And, um, I remember I had this vision of uh, winning five Grammys. I was 14 years old. I, I wanted to win five. I, so I had a vision and I, it felt so real of winning five Grammys, uh, uh, walking with my mom on the red carpet and at the end of red carpet and saying, mom, I'm retiring you. So this hmm. is something I felt when I was 14 and it's going to happen in music. And, you know, I'm, fighting for music and I'm trying to make it happen and all this shady stuff ha happened behind closed doors like multi-platinum artists taking my credits for songs that I, that I wrote on and, and and didn't give me credit while I'm living in my car so I'm just like it's everything is gone and then I just decided to it was like you know what I accept the fact that I'm trying to force this to happen and so my fight was, I was trying to fight. I was trying to fight for music. And then 
I felt into it and I was like, you know what? Maybe th this actually isn't for me, but I never let go of the feeling, that feeling of, ah, oh, I'm going to retire my mom. Mm. And I, somehow I left music 10 years ago. I was like, somehow I feel like it's still going to happen. So I was allowing myself to feel it all, but all of the feeling a couple years ago, in a completely different industry, in the health and wellness industry, they notified me that I was uh, that I just um, was getting I was getting uh, recognized for a reward that the top twenty health and wellness coaches in the world uh, was getting recognized for, and I was like, "Oh, that's cool." Where are they hosting the place? They said same place that they host the Grammys. And I'm like, <laughs> and it still hadn't hit me that night without me knowing. I won five awards. Hmm. And next thing you know, I'm walking on the red carpet with my mom on my hand. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God, this is the moment. And I looked at my mom with hot tears in my eyes. I said, mom, call your boss. Tell him you don't have to go back to work. She's like, what do you mean, baby? I said, mom, I'm retiring you. Hmm. And the reason why I said that is because the fight and everything that I had to go through to get to that point, first of me releasing, because people are so attached to an outcome. I let, I, I was committed to the process, but I was unattached to the outcome. And when I let go of the outcome, it brought 10 times more. It's like holding on to the bottleneck when the whole ocean is trying to come in. Mm. So I, when I let go of the outcome, then all these years later, it came with seven, fi seven figures in my account, retiring my mom, impacting millions of people, yeah. uh, a best-selling book. It came yeah. with all this stuff that wasn't even on my radar. What I did was just plant the seed and nature grew the rest of the ground. I just needed to get out of nature's way. So when you let go and stop trying to control it, when you let go, you actually allow nature to grow the the roots and the fruits that it needs to grow. Mm. So that's that's what happened for me. Wow. What what how old were you when you had your suicide attempts? <sighs> 32. 32. 31 and 32. Okay. Yep. And what kind of heads? I mean, I was where dark. were you at? Oh, I was dark. Yeah, I, and I never, I never, I never did drugs. Never had a sip of alcohol in my life. But man, wow. let me tell you, I was dark. Mm. It's but I would just my my drug was sleeping with women, and it was just I would see just dark, and it was go one after the other, 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 other. Like somebody can't put down an alcohol, just other, other, other. It was the same because energy cannot be created nor destroyed; it can only be transferred. Mm. That was this dark. It was shame. It was this. It's like I'm useless. I had given up on life. I put on forty pounds. My mom was dying in the hospital. My girlfriend had just broke up with me because I couldn't get my life together. My daughter pretty much disowned me because I couldn't get my life together. And I was like, man. And I'm two hundred thousand dollars in debt on top mm. of all of that. And that's when it was just like. Why be here? So the headspace I was in, I was numb with emotions. Nothing mattered anymore. 
I didn't care about the repercussions and I attempted it and I failed at that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know like literally yeah. failed at that. That's one of the most hopeless feelings. Cause you're like, I can't even do this right. Can't even end it. And, uh, I've, I've attempted suicide twice and, and I was going to, I'll, I'll pivot to another question I have as a follow up. but man, when I was in that suicidal place, the second time I literally took a one way ticket down to Mexico knowing I wasn't coming back. Mm. And it was four flight attendants, two pilots, and me. There was no passengers. It was just me. It was COVID. And so right when COVID started and they shut everything down, I took off because I relapsed. I was stuck in my addiction. It felt like I was in a in a rear naked choke, a stranglehold with my arms down and and I could not I couldn't even hand fight. I couldn't even try wow. to come up. The addiction had me so so strongly in its grips. And I was like, no, nah, I'm done this time. There's no there's no way out. Um and I, I remember someone asked me, what, what is your headspace like? And I don't know why, but I had, I had the thought of the Twin Towers and when they were hit with the airplane. And I started thinking about me feeling like I'm trapped above where the airplane hit impact. Mm. And I remember these YouTube videos of like seeing people fall or jump, yeah. right? And it's like, I, I just thought maybe in a mental health way to relate it as like, you're in this burning building, your body, your mind, and there is just no way out. And so do you want to take your life? Like, yes, because jumping out of the building is like the lesser of the, the two options. Like mm. stay in this burning building, suffocate, die in agony of burning, or just, I guess the easy way out. But, um, but for me, it was like, those are just the only two options. Stay in the burning building and I thought end up hurting more people than I help mm -hmm. because me being an addict, which I don't want to be, um, that's, that's the option. Wow. And so, um, but now looking back at it, at the life I get now and the impact and the purpose or the people I get to help, it's like, no, my, my life is worth living. And now I, I, I think about it, you know, you're in this room, Amy's in this room, Chris is in this room. And I wouldn't even know y'all. I wouldn't yeah. have this relationship. So I wonder if you ever thought about what you would have missed out on if you had succeeded. Oh, I think about it all the time. Because if, if I had succeeded, I think about all the kids, all the, all the people, the, even the person that is like, I put the gun down mm. when I heard your story. I didn't drive my car off the bridge when I heard your story. Mm. I think about the guy one time I did it. It was a like a standing ovation speaking engagement. Some guy was just like dead staring at me. I was like, what's this dude's issue? He came up to me and, uh, you know, my father was murdered when I was 12 years old and I shared that story on stage. And he came up to me and he was like, I want to apologize. I said, for what? He's like, I want to apologize on behalf of the two men who murdered your father. And I was just like wondering what's his angle. And, um, He's like, 20 years ago, uh, I I murdered a guy. It's not my dad, but 20 years ago, I, mur I murdered a guy. And, and uh, I just got out yesterday. Oh. I was actually going to murder the guy that snitched on me tonight. And I saw your story. And I'm, I'm done. I'm done. I'm not. So I wow. think about all those. So he says, so on behalf of those two men, 
I want to apologize. And I had closure that the little 12 year old in me had been seeking my whole life and I just broke down in tears. So all those moments, my baby soul, my beautiful Uh, wife, Blair, Blair. my freaking community, the, 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 the the business that I co-founded empower brotherhood, like none of that would be here. So what that tells me is the power of wanting to quit and you keep moving forward and you'll see uh, it's it's like the power of resilience when you know that it was meant for your life. Hmm. It's like that. Like when you really think about it, it, it it's so wild. I've spoken on stages, 50,000, 60,000 people, 20,000 people, Brazil, Chile, uh, just Mexico City, like all over the world. And I'm like, and none of that would be here right now. Hmm. How selfish of me. Hmm. So I'm so grateful that I kept going because it taught me how to work with people who have who who lack direction in those areas. Hmm. A lot of times that people show a lot of cookie cutter stuff. I I don't know how to be cook, cookie cutter because I that that those don't reach the people that I reach. I reach the people because I go straight. I st- I go straight to the gu- jugular because that's what I needed. Mm. That's my role. I don't I don't know about anybody else. Fightfortheforgotten.org. You can go check out Fight for the Forgotten, the foundation that I started. It is my passion project. It is something that I love so much because of the people we get to help. We had to help the pygmy tribe who adopted me in help themselves. We say opportunity is greater than charity. Charity can be great, but opportunity is just always better. That's why we've drilled something like 80 water wells already, providing over 30,000 people clean water. We've started sustainable farms, bought back over 3,000 acres of land for the people who originally owned it, put it in their name. We built 32 homes, and now... We're about to start a health center, a school, and a marketplace. They're going to have a maternity ward, a pediatrics unit, and a dental suite. You can join the Fight for the Forgotten Fight Club at fightfortheforgotten.org. We would love, love, love to invite you on this journey to join this fight arm in arm with us. Our fight club, it's a monthly giving club. You can give $5 or more a month, and that empowers us to empower people. Thank you for being on this journey with us. I invite you to come along for the ride. It's been absolutely epic, putting love and compassion in action and fighting for people. Fightfortheforgotten.org. Join our fight club. You gave me a couple things there to really think about um, because I, I, I think in you sharing about the man that had just got out, just got out. He just said got the out night, and was the night planning on killing somebody else. And your story saved him from doing that, him going back to prison, saved another person's life. But what you pointed out was that how it gave you closure. It gave me closure. And so it was just that, it was literally a win, win, win. Yes. Right? Yes. A huge win for you by stepping out of your comfort zone yeah. and developing that muscle or practice of being vulnerable, sharing being real, being authentic. Yeah. 
And like, because of that, the ripple effect, like yep. who knows? Not only that, maybe that guy he was going to murder had a son who was 12. Wow. And, you know, yeah. like, we don't know. We don't know. Mm-mm. We don't know the ripple effect because, I mean, it can just, maybe he would have went to prison and killed somebody else there or got killed. So it's like, <clears throat> you change anything one degree, you're playing tennis one degree to the Upwards, it goes all the way up here. One degree down, goes all the way down here. Sideways, all the way over here. Yeah. So that one degrees, the one degree conversation. It's <laughs> a good book title. There you go. Somebody write that make, down. Make a note of that. <laughs> we got it. We got it. It's yours. That is yours. And I have a, a a friend, or at least he's an author, and I've got to meet him, and he's helped fight for the forgotten a little. And uh, his name's Bob Goff, and he's got a book called Love Does. And in it, he shares about he went on this uh, sailing trip, and he was basically the person keeping the coordinates and the, the the maps and the trajectory. And he was sailing from I think California to Hawaii, and it was this like race. And in it, he got the the coordinates just a hair off, mm. like it was either one degree or less than one degree. And instead of them hitting Hawaii when they thought they were going to get there. They ended up something like 400, 500, 600 miles away just by that little thing. And I wonder about those moments that we would have missed the wow. opportunities, the lives that could be changed, uh, the own things that it brings into your life by yeah. sharing. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is just, that's powerful. Um, a moment. I think we got a, we got a special guest in studio, Chris Murphy and, uh, I love it. And um, just because of his life, it's brought you and me even more together. And I mean, just reflecting on it, I've had these moments of fear where my ninth time going on Joe Rogan's podcast, I I literally hit him up and said, Joe, I want to come on and share a story I never shared. You know, I went on there and I had shared about addiction a little bit. I'd shared about bullying mainly and I'd shared – out of the other eight times, you know, seven out of eight were about fight for the forgotten and we're documenting the, the, the story there and they're giving them a voice, a voice over the voiceless. Yeah. And this time I was freshly out of treatment, um, or six months out. And I thought, you know what? I need to share this story about my, my suicide attempt. I've never shared that. And nobody knows it. And, uh, there was something in me that said, do it. I said, yes. Three weeks later, the day comes up and there's obstacles and challenges in my own life. Uh, there's obstacles and challenges in the studio that, that, that happened. And, um, and then in my head before we sat down, you know, we actually started two hours late and we were, Joe and I were both there and there's just some stuff that came up that had to be handled. And in it, I'm like, oh man, uh, you know what? Abort mission. How, how, and in my mind, I'm thinking what highlight reel can I share? What good story can I share and fill this space with, which I had not even thought about till I got there till fear set in anxiety. And I was like, Nope, Nope, not today, not today. And so in that podcast, which I think was like three hours, we, I beat around the bush for like an hour or 90 minutes. And I'm just talking about just stuff. And I'm sure Joe's like thinking, you know, where's the goods? Yeah. Where's the goods? Where's the story that you've never shared. And, um, and something in me, finally switched because I was not, I was sweating. I was literally sweating on camera and my armpits, my hands, everything sweating, saying, don't do it. Not at all. 
And something in me, man, whispered saying, it's go time. Mm. If it's just for one, one person, mm. do it. Just lay it out there. But I was thinking in my head, who's going to judge me? Who who am I going to lose? Is this going to wreck Fight for the Forgotten? Uh, our donors, knowing that I went to rehab, knowing which he didn't know about, nobody really knew about except my close group. And what are they going to think about me being the founder of the organization, founder and president, and us having thousands of donors from all 50 states, 60 different countries? Are we going to lose that all? And just when it said for one person, I got to share that story. And I mean, uh, it impacted Chris and it brought him and I together. It, it brought the empowered brotherhood together around it. And I just, you know, Chris, I want you to know, man, you're, you're the one, you're the one I shared it for, bro. And, um, it was, it was a major moment in my life being able to see, because sometimes you might share it on a, on a stage yeah. or on a podcast and you don't actually get to see the person that it helped or hear right. that it changed their life or potentially saved their life. And, um, so man, I, that, that moment was awesome. You, you got to help us set up the surprise, uh, for Chris yeah. and now we're here now. And, uh, just from your perspective, I don't know if there's anything that hit you in that moment because I loved seeing what you started the empowered brotherhood rally around a brother yeah. and uh see see change happen yeah you know it was um it, it's interesting how it happened cuz i never was into men's work and it, yeah. you know and my boy preston smiles uh dynamic uh coach and St uh, stefano sifando's yeah. dynamic coach i was just invited to a workout this is like almost a year ago today, just in Stephanos's garage. And then we just kept yeah. inviting people. And all of a sudden we outgrew the garage. Yeah. Then we went over to my boy Cal oh, Callahan's yeah. house. That's, That's where I met I you. Yep. And you came up to me. You're like, I really needed that. I was like, yo, that was a, <laughs> that was, that was deep. I could I feel that. the resonance. Yeah. I remember just saying, Thank but then you. it was, it just kept growing and growing. And then it got to the point where we outgrew on it. It was too mm -hmm. big. They're like, yeah. you can have fifty people. We had ninety five. <laughs> remember that. <laughs> and then now we're at we're at Zilker Park. Now we're at um, Auditorium Shores. But it was the momentum was growing faster than any container we could put it in. Yep. But then there was just people that would come up and say, "Man, this was just this was more than a workout." And so you said that to me. Chris said that to me. Yeah. And it was I was like, "Wow!" Like. Okay, I, I want to actually put more emphasis and more dedication and more intention into this because my spidey senses is it's never work out. None of the surface level stuff. My sen spidey senses is when people are sharing something from the depths and words are only containers that hold energy. Hmm. So when I feel energy that's very familiar from where I come from, I stay around. I'm like, I want to know more about it. That's why I took a liking to you. And that's why I connected with, with, with Chris and Chris just kept showing up and showing up and showing up and you were showing up and showing up. I was like, man, this is really cool. So to see how what started in a garage, yeah, just guys hanging out, needing to lean on other brothers and building them up. Never had that before in my life. I had crappy relationships with men. So all men stay away from me. Until I came to Austin 
And so the whole time I was leading and training, I was also healing and gaining. Mm. I didn't mean to make that rhyme, but it, it kind of rhymed. It was yeah. good. <laughs> yeah. But I was like healing and, 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 and gaining a new sense of self because if I hated men, then I also hated me. Mm. So to be a representative of someone who stands for the betterment of how man sees and feels inside of himself and how the world experiences man. It is a big mission and something that I've gladly accepted. So when the, the, the thing with Chris happened and um, remind me of the dentist's name, Dave, Dave, Dave Frank. Yeah. When, when, when Dave came and, and you were you were adamant. You were hitting up everybody. They was like, "Yo, I really want to make this happen." I was just, I was like, "He is like persistent." And <laughs> with the whole Chris thing, I didn't know it was going to turn out the way that it turned out. So then, when we all experienced Chris being embraced by mm. the uh, brotherhood, I paid attention to all the other men, and they were like. That's why we show up every week. Mm. I saw a sense of belief and purpose inside of them. They're like, oh, that's what these weekly meeting calls are for. That's what this is for. And so it was the first example and confirmation of why there needs to be a safe space for brothers to come into. Mm. And you facilitated that. Dave facilitated that. Chris facilitated yeah, that. And we facilitated that. Yeah. So. All of these men came together to create something that honestly I feel the world needs now, because as you can see what's going on in the world, that's unhealthy masculine, unhealthy men doing certain things. And then a lot of women who are duplicating those men. So how do we shift the narrative around healthy energy inside? when you accept the masculine and feminine inside of you and embody that and live out that, that's my role. And I feel like when we can show up as an example uh, of, of the divine masculine and inspiring the divine feminine and the divine feminine and inspiring the divine masculine, we can actually learn to accept each other for who we, we really are at the uh, authentic at the authentic space. Yeah. Not all this surface level stuff. All mm -hmm. Everything I see is all surface level. Beneath the topsoil, that's where it's yes. at. Yes. Yeah. I love that. Yep. Um, I wonder, because that moment for me uh, with Chris and all of us rallying around him, I mean, I was overjoyed, thrilled to see him get so much love and almost a, a new opportunity, a, 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 a new lease at life. Yeah. And- I, I mean, I remember taking a step back and looking out at the guys and seeing guys crying, yeah. you know, like celebrating him. And then, you know, in coming weeks and with your story, with my story, even with Chris's story, you know, it's something to truly celebrate. But whenever challenges, new, fresh life challenges come yeah. up yep, and either I or you or Chris, whenever we feel like we might be struggling and people come up to tell you, you change my perspective or you help me in this way that was so meaningful. And maybe you're not feeling it in that moment. Yeah, I've been and there too. 
Yeah. So like imposter syndrome or feeling like you're not good enough or, oh, if they actually, you know, I'm having a bad day or having a bad week or this stuff's all come up and uh, you're not ready to receive it. Yeah. You know, how do you, how do you push through that to where you get back in a healthy space to where, you know, you have confidence, you're able to, whether or not just shake off those compliments or really just be there for that person. And I don't know really where to go with that, but there's times where people say stuff yeah. and you don't feel worthy of that. Yeah. That happens to me sometimes too. I mean, it happens to everybody. Yeah. And, but I'll tell you this, the only time when I feel that the most is when I'm uh, the furthest away from uh, the community. Hmm. Isolated. People, people grow faster in community than they do by themselves. When I separate myself away from the community and someone says that, it's like me and my old thoughts. And listen, weeds don't need anything to grow but time. Mm. So the weeds of your past only need time with you and your thoughts. Mm. So when you're around and you're being held accountable and you have that community and you stay next to the fire, those are the people who get warm. Mm. You go clo- You go away. That's why it was the power of community for me. And this is this is the power of community right here. Who do you think would learn French faster? Someone who went who takes Rosetta Stone and then goes to Coffee Bean once a week and kind of pecks at it, or someone who goes to France and immerses themselves in the culture. When you're around it, you're the five closest people that you're around. But if you're only around yourself often, oh no, you're you're out of luck. So those thoughts only come up when I energetically separate myself from any kind of accountability or group or whatever, because I don't feel like I'm worthy of being whatever the story is. But when I lean into the group and I lean into the culture and I lean into the community, even when I don't want to, that's when those magical things happen. Hmm. I don't know why it works like that. It just does. It's like, it's when I don't want to, and I do it anyways. Yeah. And I don't feel like waking up and I wake up anyways. And I don't feel like reading the book and I read it anyways. And I don't feel like going to, uh, um, you know, it's, I, I got a story. Uh, I was a huge fan, huge, huge, huge fan of Conor McGregor, like coming up, like mm-hmm. UFC 205, uh, all those 155 and everything. And I sat right there on the front row. So I, I remember saying, I was like, man. I'm going to meet that guy one day and I'm going to tell him how much his mindset, and this is like rising Connor, mm-hmm. how much his mindset has supported me in digging out of my ditch. And I used to follow all and mimic all of his words and I'm going to meet him. They're like, you ain't going to meet him. This is what people told me. I was like, I'm telling you. And it's going to be like three people. And I'm going to freaking, if I see him, I'm going to donate a thousand dollars to whatever charity he got, whatever. And I would message him on 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 um on Instagram and never any response. But I was like, I'm t- I just feel it. I'm going to meet Conor McGregor. And then one day, I was uh, what is it called? I was, I went to go. It's when he fought Eddie Alvarez for the okay. double champ. Yeah, I'm literally whenever he's getting taking his clothes off to get ready to go in there. If you look at the pay per view, I'm literally the face right there in the front row. So they're showing me on pay-per-view. Everybody's going crazy. I screenshot that 
And I messaged you. I said, one day I'm going to meet you. You've been my freaking quiet mentor for years. And I'm going to shake your hand, whatever. Seven days later, I get a call from what it seems like out of nowhere. And they're like, hey, are you going to the 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 European Leadership Festival? I'm like, nah, where is it? They're like in Dublin, Ireland. I'm like, when would I have to get my ticket? <laughs> they're like, tonight. And I'm like, something said you're about to meet Connor. So I got my ticket and, and a little voice says, man, just go over to the, go over to the gym. I was like, just go to the gym. Like you just don't show up. And I went over, I caught an Uber and I went over to the gym and, um, uh, then I met, um, Kavanaugh, coach Kavanaugh. Yep. John. And he took me in his office and spoke to me for two hours. Wow. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, yo, what's happening right now? He's like, Connor's not in. He's like kind of on his own schedule, whatever. But you can come back and see if he's, I don't know when he's going to come in. Came back the next day, it was only little kids. The next day, and this is what I'm telling you, this, the, what's the whole point of the story. Everything in me says, don't go. Bad idea. In my soul, it was, I felt bad. And I was like, oh, I don't want to go. But I'm going to go anyways. Mm. I go out, go to catch an Uber, 16-wheeler drives by, says Kavanaugh. I was like, oh, man, it's a sign. Get into the Uber, and the Uber guy goes, oh, I got the wrong, I got the wrong person. I got the wrong um, passenger. He was like, but we're already halfway. I'm like, man, this feels, this feels bad. Something, something don't feel right. I get in front of Straight Blast Gym. Open up the gym. There's nobody at the front desk. There's nobody. I don't see nobody. I see three people. I see a person right there, person in the middle, and Conor McGregor in the back. He walks up. He's like, you look at him. He was, it's like he had panther eyes. It was crazy. He walks up, and I put it, put my hand out like this, and I told him what company I'm with, and he was like, oh, use the guys that sponsor Cristiano Ronaldo. He was like, I like you guys. And then I shook his hand. I said, I want to tell you how much you've inspired me. And da 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 And I want to donate a thousand dollars to you or whatever. He's like, I don't have, I don't have a charity, but you know, let's let's take this picture. Took the picture, posted it online, and people were like, yo. I remember you said this was gonna happen. And so the reason why I'm telling this story is I didn't want to do it. Mm. There's a lot of people that don't want to wake up in the morning and you have no idea that your gift is on the other side of that wake up. Mm. It's on the other side of eating healthy. It's on the other side of, of, of um, training for the thing you don't want to train on. It's on the other side of, of uh, reading that book when you're like, I don't like reading books. I like hearing audio books. Yeah, but that's your, that's your, that's your crutch. Mm. But on the other side of that, who you become while doing it anyways, the thing you don't want to do, that's where your gift is. Mm. It always shows up over there. Mm. I love that. Uh, while I was at treatment, there was a quote on the wall that said, uh, there is no comfort or there is no growth in your comfort zone. And there is no comfort in your growth zone. And Ooh, I like that yeah, one. There is no Chris, send me a text zone. with that. I got you right now. <laughs> there is no comfort in your growth zone. That's dope. And you know, the whole thing with jiu-jitsu, MMA, jiu-jitsu especially, 
but actually anything with MMA, but they just really embrace it in the culture is you have to become comfortable being uncomfortable. Mm. You must. You Because, I mean, there's only one guy, Rafael Lovato Jr. He's been a guest of the show and he's such a great friend, but he invented something called the smash pass or the pressure uh, passing system. And he won the jiu-jitsu worlds. He has 12 world medals. I think he's a five or six time world champion, one of the best Americans to ever do it. Um, but for him, like I, I could be underneath Shane Carwin, Alistair Overeem, Frank Mir, Randy Couture, uh, some of the biggest heavyweights in the world, helping them train for world championship fights and be put in worst case scenario, which is them mounted on top of me, straddling my chest, my abdomen and raining down punches and stuff. But I've never felt claustrophobic there with anybody in the world except Rafael Lovato Jr. Wow. And I, he was the only guy that would get claustrophobic and think, I need to tap out. Just because of his pressure, he doesn't even have a submission on me. He's not raining down punches, but because he knows how to use his weight mm. in such a strategic manner to take the life out of you, the fight out of you. Mm. And I realized the more and more and more, he's like, keep going there, keep going there, keep going there. I'm a wrestler. I'm used to being on top. 100% of my fights, I finish there. And like, I've never been on my back in a fight. But the more that I put myself there with the best guy in the world to do it, the more comfortable I got being uncomfortable to where I wouldn't think I'm claustrophobic or oh, I need to tap out or oh, I, I would start to learn how to work out of that situation. And so, I mean, I think that, Public speaking for me is, is my number one fear. Now I got wow. a podcast. Uh, I grew up with a speech therapist uh, from kindergarten to sixth grade, speech therapy. I had a, I had a stutter um, that still comes out sometimes whenever I get real tired, real fatigued. Um, but in those moments that I decided to do it, I said no to my first nine speaking engagements. Mm. I'm a fighter, not a speaker. I don't have the ability to do that. <laughs> And finally, someone said, you don't even have any of, it's not about your ability. You don't have any availability to do that. You're not making yourself available yeah, for it. Like you got to try dope. it. You got to try it. And I remember I spoke at a, uh, anyways, we'll get, uh, I spoke at a juvenile detention center for 300 kids. Henry Wade was the place. I think now it's called like Lone Star and 300 kids there. And I remember I was sweating. My hands were shaking. I was probably terrible. I bombed or whatever. But afterwards, not one or two or three, but someone counting because they knew how nervous I was. Um, my friend Mick, uh, Mickey, he he came up and told me 13 kids came up to tell you how much that meant to him. And I was like, I thought I was terrible. He's like, 13 of them. I counted each one. And I was like, wow, maybe I should become comfortable being uncomfortable mm. and just do it anyways. You're doing a great job right now. Hey, thank you. I appreciate yeah. it. What are what are some of the things in your life right now that maybe you don't want to do, but you're doing anyways because you know the return on investment of your time or your sacrifices? It, it's it means something. Woo! Waking up <laughs> five times a night, <laughs> newborn oh, baby. Yeah, with soul. <laughs> <laughs> Waking up five times. I mean, like last night. Baby soul would not go to sleep. And it's just like, and I really want to just like relieve my wife because she's always with the baby. So it's like, I'll just get into REM sleep and all of a sudden I'll feel my wife just gently tap on my knee and I hear a baby soul just screaming in the next room. I'm like, 
zombied up and I don't want to do it, but you just, you just get up and do it. And then I get up there, but last night I'm just on that little bouncy ball and normally I count to 100 and she's asleep. Man, I counted to 100 and I open and I close my eyes. I count to 100. She's just looking at me like this. I'm like, man, another 100. <laughs> Boom. 200, 300. She's like this. I'm like, she ain't going to sleep. So I think that's the that's the fresh one that's mm-hmm. on my mind. Sometimes, you know, I want to do it. We don't want to be like, oh, but it's your baby. Like, I really don't want to be getting up like that. However, uh, me and my wife are a team. Mm. And she has done so much to... She has done so much research. She has done so much. The baby is just like, you know, we're just, we're having a little foreplay last night. I started kissing (laughs) on her nipples. and And then my wife goes, baby can you please kiss somewhere else? I'm like, why? She's like, my nipples have been sucked on all day long. I'm like, I get it. I got it. But you know, it's just my wife. She's, she's such an extraordinary woman. And just the way that she shows up for our family. I'm like, I ain't going to complain about just waking up a couple of nights. And she needs my wife 98% of the time. I'm like, you know what? You just get up and you do it especially when you know what you're committed to. Mm. So I'm committed to team. I'm com- committed to an extraordinary marriage. I'm uh, committed to to being an extraordinary king, uh, extraordinary father, and that takes extraordinary efforts. Effort. And you can't do that with lackluster anything. You kind of mm. anything, you'll get kind of results. Wow. I do not want kind of anything associated with my name. So if I'm going to do it, might as well really do it and lean into it and throw it's like you throw your heart over the bar and your body will follow. Wow. So that's a that's a big one for me. And it's this fatherhood, this new layer of fatherhood at 42 years young. Woo! And <laughs> launching two business successful businesses at the same time. Yeah. And being a present for oh my God. I love how you just reframed that, by the way. You go launching two businesses, launching two successful businesses. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that right yeah. there, people need to pick up on it. I need to pick up on it. When yeah. I heard it, I was like, oh, wait, 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 that right there. Launching a successful podcast. Yeah, launching a successful <laughs> podcast, the most meaningful podcast in the world that's going to help and change life. I told you. Absolutely. Yeah. And it, and when you, you. you preface it that way, yeah. it's almost like a universal puppet master starts posturing you. Oh, you want successful? I mean, you said you wanted a podcast. Now you got one. It's not successful because you didn't say that. You mm. didn't put that... You didn't put that um, that that in the G, the universal GPS system. <laughs> so wow. you put, I want successful podcasts. Okay, I'm gonna give you five different ways to get there. You may not like it, but I need you to follow the path. So I asked for two successful businesses, an exceptional marriage, to be an exceptional father, and navigate through all these things. Oh, you want it easy? didn't you say you wanted to win the race oh why why are you walking so this is the way i look at life i I treat everything like a coach you know just as a high high level athlete myself doing the 400 hurdles and you know running 30 miles over mountains and things like that if you come to me and you say i want to run a marathon cool do you want to just finish it what place do you want to come in you want to come in first place? You want to train for a world record? Depending on your ask, 
that activates the level of training I give you. Mm. So depending on your vision or what you're asking of life, you want a successful podcast that activates the level of training that it takes for you to develop into the kind of person that can hold space for successful. Mm. So coach is running me through the ringer with all of these practices, coaches, I, my version, I, I call God coach. So I was like, so God is just was like, oh, you want this training? Oh, you want this? Here's the workout. Here's the workout. You work out through this person, this thing, this thing. But who you become on the other side is the person that has the exceptional marriage, mm. the successful, two successful businesses, exceptional father. You don't accident your way into a championship. No, you're going to have to work for that. Yeah. Wow. This question might be more for me because I, I've said, and Amy's helped me reframe it. I say, I like publicly or out there, privately, I've said, I want this to be the most meaningful podcast in the world yeah. that helps people overcome their greatest life challenges Yeah, and inspires them to make the world better. Yeah. But then I'll say one of the- Yeah. The I was like, why don't you just say, it's the most meaningful podcast in the world? Yeah, why don't you, you just go ahead and say that? You just say it now. Yeah. Just say it now. Yeah, because this is this is. But you think about what Little Wayne did. Why did everybody start saying that Little Little Wayne was in, in the beginning? Nobody was saying Little Wayne was the best rapper alive. Why did they start? Literally, everybody starts saying Little Wayne is the best rapper alive. Why? Because he said it. Hmm. I am the best rapper alive. Yeah. I am the best. He just kept saying it and saying it. Then all of a sudden, Little Wayne is the best rapper alive. Muhammad so, Ali, I'm the greatest of all time. Yeah. And it's I, just I'll a stick in you, their head. This, <laughs> is, this is the power of it. So with, with, I have a daughter who's 20. She's in, uh, beautiful daughter, Kylea. She's in her, uh, her second year um, at um, NYU. Wow. She, I didn't have a relationship with her for a long time. I just couldn't figure it out. I was just like, dang. And... I don't blame myself either. I didn't have a relationship with my mom or my dad. Well, I had a relationship with my mom, but I didn't have like the kind of nurturing that makes me understand how to nurture anybody else. Um, and my dad was murdered and he wasn't there. So I just had the training that I had growing up. And that's what I gave to my daughter, which was not really there, not emotionally there. And um, there was a point where I did like a 10 day silent retreat. And then afterwards, this guy named Steve came up to me. He was like, "You're, you're a good-looking guy." He was like, "You, you, um, you know, it's safe to say you can get any girl you want." I was like, "Yeah." He said, "Get a date with your daughter." Wow. And I was like, "Oh my god!" I never thought to like pursue my daughter in that way. So all of a sudden, I said, instead of being this weak, I'm strong for all these people in the world, but I'm weak inside of that conversation. And I'm just weak and I'm showing up. It's like, how can she see that I've changed? And I literally, my whole voice would change when I would talk to her. And then I said, instead of just being this weak person, and at the time she had a boyfriend that matched my personality. I said, I am the most powerful representation of who she will marry one day. And I had no, I had no examples of what that was, but just claiming it, not I hope to be, or I'm not, I'm one of, I am the most powerful representation of who my daughter will marry one day. 
all of a sudden I started thinking different, speaking different, acting different within two weeks. My daughter's mom was like, well, what did you do to my daughter? She's acting all giddy and everything. I want to take her out on a date and all this other stuff. And everything shifted from there because I became, and whoever I became, that's who she started dating. And I'm like, oh, wow. I'm the representation of who she will marry one day. So how can I show up as the highest representation? Is it worth it? Well, this is what I'm saying. So every time I wanted to slack, I mentally put my daughter on the table in front of me and say, you ain't worth it. So I'm mm -hmm. like, nah, I can't say that. So I'm going to keep showing up. Wow. Yeah. That's, That's the power of I am and you claiming that. Yeah. Yeah. I love it, man. I guess like shifting a little bit because I want, I want such a powerful, fully devoted, entirely committed, like deeply connected relationship with Amy. Yeah. And for people listening to this and for how- Oh, we're about to get into relationships. We are, man. Oh, Look this what is I my got favorite. Up. Look what I got. Let's I got the go. love meeting that you sent us. Yeah. We've done that several times and uh, need to do it regularly. We're having a relationship journal that we're going through tonight. We did that on Monday night too, a little yeah. bit. And, but I, I thought I'd read some of it if that's okay. Yeah. And listen, then, the love, if it becomes a non-negotiable, your relationship will drastically change, mm. but keep going. Yeah. And then you riff wherever you want. So schedule, this is what you and Blair do. Every, every every Sunday at 10 a.m. Every Sunday at 10 a.m. You'll have your devoted love meeting. And it's in our schedules. Right. Ours and hasn't been. Ours hasn't been. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> we've had the intent. But uh, and we've done it a few times that were really good. And we need to do it regularly. So yeah. this is accountability. Yeah, for sure. For me to be able to really prioritize this because I love our relationship and I want it to to and it's it's been better than ever. And yeah. uh and so this is just gonna help you get better. <clears throat> but you schedule, you go over the schedule, go through the week. Yeah. You go through each other's schedules. Yep. You sit down with your phones and you look, what do you have? What do yep. I have? So there's no surprises. And it also creates, I said, all, most women, I'm not going to say all, but most women always want to feel safe. Mm. And so when I have to think what I got to do, what is this? That that's gray. But when you create an environment of safety, then they can relax more into their feminine. Hmm. Even setting the tone of the schedule creates an environment of safety. Wow. Go ahead. That's powerful. Oh, uh, wait. Whoa. What do you think of that? Uh, <laughs> Amy is much better at the calendar and scheduling than I am. And I, I struggle with it. I struggle with it because I feel like I'm getting pulled in so many different directions. And so oftentimes... You know, if I if I sit down and actually plan out my my next day the night before, or my week the week before, mm -hmm. like it's it's so much better. But the times that I'm just more free flowing, which I like to feel spontaneous or like to feel like I can say yes to this as things come, um, that I've I failed in many areas of keeping a schedule. I just don't do it like I should, like I could. Well, you could start by saying I do it like I should. I do it like I should. Yeah. Or I do um, it like I we're gonna have want, this love or I do it in a way that serves me. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And I, I'll <clears throat> tell you, it. I I was the most at Google Map, Google this, go, like Google Docs, Google, Google Calendar, meet Calendar, never. Yeah. However, 
Okay, I'm going to ask you this. Do you have any kids? No. Okay. Well, well, we have two. Amy's, I have two. Amy's okay, Sydney cool. and Gigi, which well, he I lives love with, them. He lives with two daughters. Okay, yes. so Gigi. Gigi, was a, Gigi yes. was a little girl. Mm-hmm. And Gigi's trying to talk to you in her language. Would you try to speak to her in your language? Or would you meet her where she was? You're like, ah, ah. Would you meet her in her language? Yeah, meet her where she's at. There is a little girl inside of Amy. And her language, form of her language, is schedule. Yes. It's not schedule, form of language. Think of language. If you meet that, then you start speaking in her language. Mm. And then she'll, it'll also open her up to want to speak in your language. Oh, it's it's a magic ninja trick, bro. I'm telling yeah. you. My <laughs> wife is so structured, but yeah. second eyes like, you know what? I don't like schedules, but I love my wife, so I love schedules. Mm. And I went in it and I leaned in. I it's just different. And it impacted all these other areas in business that I never thought it would. Yeah. Yeah. Well, on schedule it says, I love this, by the way. It's gonna be good. That just almost made me cry. Like, I don't know, just brought tears to my eyes. And I'm not quite sure why. It just, you know, sometimes you feel like you're doing everything or whatever. And it's just like, that's really a beautiful way to put it. Yeah. 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 So anyway, what? Do you have anything else? No. You sure? Yeah. Okay. But schedule, go through the week. Make sure we have date night and at least one day where we move together. Make sure we aren't missing anything that is happening for each other. Is there anything, and then a question, is there anything we need support with during this week? That's big. That's big. I've got, I've got podcasts. I've got an audio book after this. I got this next thing. I was like, baby, I need you to cheer me on like twice, three times as much this week because I, I got a huge schedule with a lot of stuff and you're my number one cheerleader and I just want to hear, I would love for you to be like, great job, baby, because that gives me wings when my wife does that. Mm. But I've got to tell her, she can't just know all the time. It's almost like teaching people how to speak into your listening. Mm. So that's an opportunity to give each other that. Yeah, that's powerful. Yeah. And after you all go through all that, you go down to date night and you say, what are we doing? Does it need to be moved? How can we make it special? How can we improve from the week before? Yeah. Powerful. Yeah. And it works. It, it, it works if you if you lean into it, not just like casual over it. I'm like, yo, this is your relationship, which is the foundation of everything that you create. So it should be treated like a rare jewel. But I didn't know any of this until we, until we started doing this and we started seeing the ripple effect of the difference when we do it and when we don't. It just keeps us intentional from week to week. Yeah. Yeah. Keeps you focused on the the target instead of like shotgunned out. Yep. It's like a sniper. Yep. Focus on that target bullseye. Mm-hmm. Wow. I like that. And then you go to sex. You say, what do we want this to look like? Exploration. Anything we want or need. Create intentional time to play. Practice being dumb or sub. Dominant or submissive. Yeah. And take the lead. One be enthusiastic submission. One be in enthusiastic submission. 
Yeah, it's a willing participant. There's, it's like if, like, say for instance, if Justin is 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 pursuing you, but you don't feel like it. It's like it's not that. There's an agreement. If I'm pursuing you, bite the bullet. Go into willing, willing, like willing participant, because then we're trying to act. We're trying to activate that to its regular play, and so. Um, it, you talk about it. Some people don't talk about it enough and it's okay to talk about sex. It's okay. Be like, baby, I, I, I want you to go down on me this week. Like, I want to feel that, like really talk about it. Some people they're like, Oh, because of how we've been domesticated as kids. I'm like, yo, this is my wife. <laughs> yo, I want to know all parts. And I want to experience and love all parts. I don't want to be shy about talking about something that livens a relationship if you yeah. lean into it. So uh, it's an opportunity to like explore and create and have fun. Like one day I, was, I noticed that my wife was like really working a lot. And I was like, baby, this week I would love if you flirt with me. Hmm. Like I, I want to I feel your flirty energy. What are some of the questions she might ask you for like something she might need? Oh, she'll she'll say I want you to pursue me. Mm. You know, I'm I I come from a, a past of a lot of rejection, so I look for certain cues. Sometimes she doesn't give those cues, so I just like freeze up. <laughs> so she'll say, um, you know, I want you to I want you to pursue me more. I'm like, all right. <laughs> so we just Buckle go, up, Buttercup. Yeah, no, go. you just. Yeah. It's a it's a practice. It's a dance, and you and it's like the waves of the ocean. None of it is perfect, but you're looking at the whole ocean, and not like one wave. So our relationship, her emotions, my emotions, all of it is how can we create this ocean in such a way and position our bodies to be able to swim through the water and not fight the water. Mm. Mm. Powerful. <clears throat> Anything left unsaid. Are we holding on to anything, complaint, issue, or even a compliment we didn't say? Ooh. Stars, come from neutral. We are here to better our relationship. And sometimes it is so difficult to come from neutral when you got heat. Mm. This happened just this past week with my wife, and she was like, you waited all this time to tell me. And I was like, I'm just following the prompt, baby. And all <laughs> this stuff came up. and. After that, our relationship went to the next level. So yeah. we didn't have this buildup because a lot of times people hold on to stuff for like years. Yeah. You remember the time you did this and this and you have the meltdown, but we have the opportunity. A week can't go by. So this is our, you know, you when you did this and you had that party, I noticed that you were spending a lot more time at the end talking to your friends and I was cleaning up by myself and you didn't even ask for support. Mm. And I'm, I'm like, I'm so sorry, baby. How did that make you feel? It made me feel like I was on the team by myself. Oh, damn. I'm so sorry, baby. I am committed to showing up in a completely different way next time. You won't have to even think about where I am. Mm. And it's an opportunity to come together again. I want as many opportunities to come together and come and come to the center with my wife. And the more and more I can do that, the more and more we just get stronger through the process. Wow. 
It's really good. And then how you guys end it. I love this too. Praise for self and other. Number one, at least one acknowledgement of self. Number two, at least one acknowledgement for the other. Try to be creative and find something new. Yeah. This one's big because most people, they don't, you know, the, the, the reason why most people feel insignificant and they don't feel seen and heard is because they've never even trained themselves how to see themselves. And every everything outside of you is a reflection of what you first give to yourself. So if you're training every week to see your wins and see yourself and acknowledge yourself, it gives you the tools to be able to see other people. Mm. And so when we do that, it's like, you know, maybe I noticed how you like you really leaned in and my, my I'm words of affirmations when it comes to uh, love languages and you've been giving me a lot of compliments and, and I'm physical touch and she's been touching me a lot. And I like, and I just want to say thank you. And I see you. And I also want to acknowledge you because you got this work done here and you did this. And I try to point out things that she don't think that I saw. She's like, Oh my God, you saw that? Like, yeah. And it just, how it made me feel good to 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 just watch you in your in your genius, and she does the same thing. And then it's like this meeting's adjourned, and then that we like to do it on Sunday because it sets us up for the whole week. Right. I think we're gonna start implementing that. Yes, please. Yes. Right. That'd be great. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Garen, do you have that anywhere? Do you have that for some people, uh, like as a resource on your website or anything? Um, oh, like a PDF. On, I mean, love I, I, I did a post, but my wife and I were actually doing a um, we're doing a, we're doing a relationships uh, workshop. Ah, yeah. When is that? Yeah. So it maybe we can it, come. When is it? Yeah. It, no, but it's it's online. Okay. It, um, okay. It launches on the fifteenth and um, of March of this month. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. So it's uh, videos on demand, and we talk about that in particular. Perfect. We're talking about intimacy. We're talking about how to have resolve in a healthy way, especially resolve, especially when it comes to kids. A lot of times people, they try to keep it away from kids. I'm like, nah, mm -hmm. we, we actually do it in front of our daughter so she can see what an argument looks like, and then we make it a point to resolve right in front of our little girl so she knows how to have a healthy resolve so that when she gets older, it's not like blow up and, and behind closed doors. Yeah. And so we're, we're talking about all these things. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, I want to, I want to wrap up in a, a special way, but before we do, where, where is the best place that people can find you yeah. Uh, see all the great things that are coming up. Your book. Yeah. Your audio book that's yep. to come. Your website, I know, is garenjones.com. Correct. Yeah. And uh, we have that up if anyone's watching on YouTube. It's on Amy's computer. I think we're going to pull it up on screen. Um, there it is. And it's right here. So you're looking like the handsome gentleman, powerful soul no, that you are. Something, something, something. Yeah. And... Uh, that, is that everywhere online? Garen Jones. Yeah, so it's garenjones.com. Yeah. My Instagram is garen.jones. Um, you know, you can go to Amazon. You can go. You can go on my website, and then there's a link to get my book. Right. And um, you know, I have it in Spanish and English, and we're working on the audio book right now. 
And you can also go, if you're a man out there and you're looking, we're about Ooh. to launch our global platform, which is going to be crazy. You go to empoweredbrotherhood.com. So M-P-O-W-E-R-E-D brotherhood.com. You'll, and just all you got to do is look at the video. You see the yeah. video on there? It's a wrap. This is what we're doing <laughs> in the world, building men up. So I really want you to, and if you're a woman out there, Send your man. I promise you, your marriage will drastically improve. Yeah. For me, honestly, it's one of the best cultures of anything I could ever imagine that I've ever been part of because I'm fired up for it anytime I come. Even the days that I didn't want to, but I do it anyways. Yeah. I feel so much better, proud that I did it, filled up, powered up uh, for the week. And the given this resource because this group in Austin, like it needs to be everywhere. Yeah. And for them to have access to that, it's, it's powerful. It's really, really good. Well, man, we started off with, um, could be you, it was, could be, <laughs> yes, <laughs> we did. And, and we started off with, you know, the power of story Yeah, and your own personal story. Uh-huh. And so I'd love for us to wrap up with you because of how special you are mm. and how you fire up the guys, like yeah. one of those speeches that you <laughs> give. And I, I, I think honestly, I mean, for, for anyone who's tentative, scared, has second doubts, is fearful, or just any anxiety, or just think that their story isn't important like yours. Mm. You know, can you speak into their life? And specifically, I'm even thinking, because Chris is in studio, you can look him in the eyes. Yeah. Because we are doing this docu-series and part of his story is going to be in there. And we're about to go film an interview with him sharing his own story. Yeah. And uh, about Empowered Brotherhood, about us coming together, all that different stuff. But if you just look at Chris and if you can tell our listeners like the power of their story and believing in it or however you feel. Yeah. Whatever's coming to you. I know it's coming. I'll tell you, brother. So, um my dad my dad was murdered when i was 12 and uh people's like oh my he had so much he had so much life to live he had so much life to live but then then his his life has got to die with that and i'll tell you there was a point in time where my dad was a raging alcoholic and uh all my family at uh, when i was in kindergarten were making fun of me for trying to sing to michael jackson's moonwalker and through all the alcohol, all whatever pain he was stuffing down, my dad told them, he said, hey, don't you ever tell my son he can't sing, he can't dance. Garen, if you love it and it makes you happy, then you do what makes you happy. So I want to share with you the power of what that did for me is because I live by the philosophy of do what you love and do what makes you happy. And my dad gave me that which means he's still alive because his story lives still lives with on inside of me. And so the one thing that guarantees that you stay alive forever is your impact on people. It won't be the business, it won't be the PowerPoint, it won't be your cool clothes or anything. But if you touch somebody's life, and then somebody changes their life, a piece of you now becomes a piece of them. So when you're long gone, physically gone, and I'm gone, and Amy's gone, and Justin's gone, 
Now the cameraman's gone. You know how, but physically, you know how we live forever? Through the power of your story. And that's, that's, it's really interesting how people come up to me now that I've never met before in my life in a language I don't even speak. And they're using Google Translate to tell me about how my story has impacted their life. And then they passed it on to somebody that was in prison. And then they passed it on to somebody and they passed it on and they passed it on. The power of your story is the gateway to live forever. So do you want to like live forever? Because that will impact your kids too. And that will impact future generations. Or just let it die with a physical death. It's like when we're born, there's a date. And then in between that date, there's a dash. And then we, we, when we physically die, there's another date. Right now you're living in your dash. So what could you create? Because when, some, when somebody looks at the tombstone, literally what they say about the person is how they live their dash. Right now is your dash. Your story is a part of your dash. Your impact is a part of your dash. How would you want to live in such a way where that dash then exceeds past the tombstone and then travels into the next generation? That right there, brother, is a, that's a one-way ticket to live forever. My dad is literally going to live forever because I'm already passing on the philosophy to my daughter. She's going to pass it on. You watch her when she's dancing and she's doing her thing. It's already. So my dad lives on. It's to honor thy father, thy mother, thyself. So the highest form of honoring yourself is to let people know who you really are. And this is why, you know, I've never turned away from you. This is why... You know, when we saw each other at the Nike store and I had somewhere to be an hour before I stayed in there and an hour for you, with you. And we stayed in there to, together with each other, with something you needed support with. Because I was sharing with you gifts that I've learned since opening up my story to the world. And the more you open up, the more you're given. Simple. I cannot put anything into a closed fist. But when I open it, hmm, there's space to put something into. And this is your opportunity. And it's the door to more staring at you right in front of your face right now. And I acknowledge you and I'm proud of you. And I'm, I'm excited, you know, at whatever pace you choose. But just know. You don't have to do it alone and you have people in your corner to to support you. But my only request is that you lean in, you you lean into the community when you don't want to, and you just keep showing up because we're gonna keep showing up for that aspect. Yeah? Yeah. Let's go. Wow. Let's go. Wow, let's go. Yeah. 
giving the gifts that's been given to you. Thank you for giving us this gift of you, your presence, your story, your heart, mm. the breath in your lungs, mm -hmm. the knowledge in your head, my man. It's just, it's, it's life-giving. Mm. It's life-changing. Thank you. It's, uh, Thank you, brother. Yeah, I appreciate man, that. You're making this world better. You're making my life better. Everyone in this room, everyone listening online right now. Whew, I don't know how to end that except for just thank you, thank you, thank you. I love you, Received, man. received, received. Mm. You're welcome, you're welcome, you're welcome, and I love you as well. Yeah. Yeah. Can't wait to hug you. Let's, <laughs> Let's do it. Hey, don't forget to send your Overcome stories to overcomepodcast at gmail.com. And also, rate, review, subscribe, and follow Overcome with Justin Wren. <laughs>